Hey guys, welcome. I'm here today with my longtime friend, Daryl Sutton uh, of Chave Lighting. Uh, well, Daryl and I go back since way before he was with Chave Lighting, but that's a, another life and another conversation. Uh, excited to talk with him uh, today about, uh, about all things lighting. So, Daryl, welcome. Thanks, man. I'm super excited to be here. Um, it's been yeah. a while. We, we, we haven't caught up in, in some time, so um, it's good to chat yeah. with you. You too. For those of y'all that, that, I feel like everybody involved in church production in some way probably knows you already. Uh, but I, I will say this uh, for everybody listening. Uh, if uh, Daryl and I are, are quite close friends, so if, if there seems to be a, a lot of inside jokes that come out through this podcast, it's because there probably is. Plenty. You know yeah. somebody this, yeah, you know somebody <laughs> this long and you, you do this much life with somebody. So no, dude, I, ever since we started doing the, the MXU lighting side of the podcast, uh, you were somebody I wanted to get on here for a variety of reasons. First of all, because uh, the friendship, your passion for church production, which I've gotten to see over the past, I think we've been friends about 12 years yeah. now. Yeah. And then two, uh, Chauvet has been uh, an awesome sponsor of uh, some of the MXU stuff going on. So I wanted to hear, you know, you being, so, uh, and, and please jump in and fill in if I butcher any of this explanation, uh, but you uh, head up House of Worship Division for Chave Professional. Is that an accurate yeah, way so, to describe it? Yeah, um, a lot of different titles that are used in the industry, but uh, the, <laughs> the bottom line is, is uh, I'm kind of the, uh, um, the liaison or the ambassador for the brand, if you will, to the House of Worship community. So, um, you know, my, yeah. my job is to, to love on church worship techs and kind of figure out how we can come alongside them, whether it's, you know, with new product ideas or application, um, you know, new design they're having some problems with, or even just a service issue. Um, or, you know, uh, if, if there's something that there's a need within the worship tech community that we can come and, and help fill that need, um, we're open to that. So, yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll expand on that even and embarrass you a little bit in the process because that's what friends do. Uh, but, dude, that's one of the things I've loved about you. And, you know, I've heard you say this yourself, the, your serving of the worship community, uh, the, the church production community, is to, you see that as your, your, your first mission. Um, the fact that you get to do that for Chave Lighting is, is just it's great that now you can get paid for it and, and serve your family. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But that's what's been great about it. I won't tell the story of how you ended up at Chave Lighting, at least not yet. But uh, uh, there may have been a few of us from the production community involved in that conversation. Um, but no, that's been one of the great things is, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I say this for the people that don't know you, and, and, and I'll stress this, guys, one of the great things about Daryl is if you have a need, you have a question, you know, uh, we at DC Pro are, are Chave dealers now, but uh, Daryl is not someone that really deals with us in a professional uh, uh, position. You know, we have our own reps and everything like that. What I love about it is if we find a church that just has a need, like, man, they got a question. Man, they don't have a lot of budget to deal with. They need somebody that's just going to get in the, the trenches and help them figure out uh, an issue they're dealing with. Uh, many times I've directed them to you, and whether or not it turns into a sale for Chave Lighting, you you don't really care. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, end of the day obviously, we all have to make money, but... Uh, uh, I've always loved your approach to church production. No, let's just get in there and let's do the right thing, and then the money will figure itself out 
on the back end. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the one thing that I love um, about my role here at Chauvet. And one thing that Albert and I talked, you know, early on uh, in me coming on board is that, you know, my job is to level and worship techs and it's to, you know, figure out like where the needs are. I'm, I'm not an expert on lighting. I mean, I've got a few decades in the lighting industry. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so, but the reality of it is, is that um, I have resources, I have connections and whether I can answer the question or not, I'm going to be committed to making sure that I help you get the answers, get, get the situation yep. resolved. And, and, you know, Albert totally leans into that. I mean, sometimes we have products for guys and gals that work and sometimes we don't and that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, the mission is the vision of the church and impacting lives and the visual aspect is just one piece of that. Right. And so whether we have the solution or not, we still want the church to win. We want the success yep. to be there. And so, I mean, that's definitely our heartbeat. And like you said, I mean, for me, this is my ministry. I, I kind of relate, and you've probably heard me say this before, but I'm kind of like a NASCAR driver. Um, you know, Chauvet is the logo that's on the, the hood of my car, but, you mm-hmm. know, I'm a NASCAR, I'm a, dry, I'm a race car driver. In other words, I'm a, this is my ministry, right? Yeah. Um, I just, it's awesome that I get to have Chauvet on the hood of my, my car and, you know, help me go faster. So, yep. And I, I've seen that lived out. Well, hey, enough talking about you, enough, yeah, enough complimenting please, what you do. We've, we've, we've had plenty of that already. <laughs> um, well, man, what's, uh, I mean, here's the big general question. What's going on at Chauvet right now? Well, you know, I mean, obviously we're right at the first of, you know, the year. And, and so there's a, it's been quite busy in my world, um, you know, just looking at, at events and, uh, you know, the things that we're going to be doing for the next year and, you know, working with like MXU and trying to figure out what the schedule looks like and how we can come mm-hmm. along and support that and, you know, doing different uh, other activities. So right now, you know, my world is just um, really around uh, scheduling events and a lot of, uh, you know, planning. Um, but, uh, it's going to be a great year. I mean, we, we've got a really good rhythm kind of lined out. I feel for, uh, this next year, uh, the last couple of years have been a little rough to kind of figure out like, what's the mm-hmm. right rhythm. You know, how many times do we have to do zoom calls to where people are worn out? Um, because we can't really <laughs> see each other in person, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, super excited about the year. I mean, that's, that's really where we're at and we've got some cool new products coming out as well. I mean, on that end, uh, able to speak a little bit into that or at least have visibility and kind of know what's coming down the pipeline. So there's going to be some cool things we're going to be able to talk about um, on that front as well. So, Well, this one, you know, uh, I will say this is probably a question I'm personally more interested in being, you know, involved in a, in a sales and integration company. Um, but I think, you know, end users, which probably that's, that's a lot of who listens to this would be end users. I, I think they'd want to know something this as well. What are you guys seeing as far as product availability availability goes? I know that's not really your you know wheelhouse at the right. company, but you hear about it, you're involved with it. Um, being close to you guys, I've gotten to hear a lot about what Chave has done to try and keep product flowing the past year, which uh, I don't know if you want to explain any of that publicly, but I know I've been super impressed with the, the efforts that have been gone to. But uh, specifically talking about what's coming up. Are you guys seeing things getting any better? Is it is any light at the end of the tunnel? Sure. And for anybody that's not that's not maybe up to speed on this, um, all manufacturers, not just Chauvet, uh, have had a, a horrible time keeping product coming in the past year. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the manufacturers we, d- we deal with have done a wonderful job, Chauvet specifically. I mean, there's definitely been gaps in stuff that you guys just cannot control or things get sold out the minute they, they come in. Um, and, and we've seen that, but, uh, are you seeing, seeing anything new? Any? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have to start out by saying we, we absolutely have an amazing team, 
um, both leadership, but also, you know, in our logistics team of really looking forward and thinking about, okay, planning, what's the next step? Truth be told, like the last 18 to 24 months has just been almost the perfect storm in the, you know, obviously sales numbers drop, inventory needs to drop, but then as it starts to come back, you got to figure out, okay, you know, how much do we need to put on the shelves? What's the right product mix? And, um, you know, to say we've got it right every time, we haven't, but I think we've done a really good job. Um, I think better than the average company in our industry mm-hmm. right now. So kudos to the team uh, in Florida that, that really make all of that happen. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's tough. Um, especially when you're looking at new product rollout, you know, you, you've got to put your initial orders in. So you put your order in for a thousand pieces or whatever it might be. And, you know, you've got a, uh, you know, 60 to 90 day kind of wait for that product. And you may air freight some in just to kind of, but still air freight still takes 30 days right now. You know, it's not like just a, a couple mm-hmm. days, uh, like it used to be. And so, um, you'll bring some of that in and, and, and we can speed up some of that. But, um, what happens like, uh, with the new strike uh, Color Strike M. Uh, by the time we're getting pieces in, we're back ordered forty five hundred pieces. You know, yeah. and how do you plan for that? You you don't plan for that. Uh, obviously, the the market has reacted to this new product, and they're they want it, and they place the orders. But you know, it, it's it, it is a little bit of a struggle sometimes to figure out you know what are the right plates to keep spinning, um, and how many of them do you have out at the same time. But that being said. Um, you know, we're, we're just asking folks to let us know. I mean, you know, you work in integration, DC, so you know that a lot of times we're always saying, hey, it's never too early to bring in a designer or a consultant. It's never too early to place the purchase order. Like that's just been in our industry. And of course, people always saw that as a sales ploy, right? Like, oh, you just want to right. get my money. You just want, yeah. no, this is for real. Like if, if you're not placing your order, maybe even last month for Easter, it may yeah. not be reality that everything shows up by Easter at this point. Um, and, right. and that's just, I, I mean, I think back in August, I, maybe even you and I had a conversation about a, a project. Uh, I don't recall if it was you or someone else, but that was coming up in Christmas. And I was like, yeah, well, that probably should have been ordered in June, you know. Yeah. And, um, but we're getting better. I mean, I think right now, on average, we're probably about a 45 to 60 day window. Typically, um, that's not mm-hmm. on every product, but that's kind of across the board. Uh, so it's we're getting better. I, I, you know, to put a timeline on when we think it's going to be back to normal, it's hard. We thought it would probably be about this time. We're not seeing it exactly back where we want it to be. Um, but you know, not to get into any details, but uh, Chauvet has made a pretty substantial commitment uh, on a, a monthly basis where we are. We, we do have a plane that is flying over uh, pretty regularly uh, to help with some of those emergency things, especially because, um, again, yeah. I mean, we're committed to the success of all of our customers. And so when we have customers that say, hey, we really have to have this and it's a hard deadline and, you know, without it, we can't do this event. We're going to do our best to try to make sure we can make that happen. So manufacturing for us really hasn't been the issue. It's really been the supply chain to get it here. So it's not even yeah. a supply chain of components. There's a few of our items that, you know, the chip thing, like the cars and everything that we're hearing about, um, you know, that, that play into it. But it's a very small percentage of our products that, that that's the issue. It's more the issue of just physically getting it from one location to us. Um, once we get it, we can distribute it in country pretty easy, but just getting it you know, in, in our facilities and our hands is, is the challenge right now. But there, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It is getting better for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, we have, I know at DC Pro, we've seen all that for sure. You know, uh, you being a longtime friend, not just a business acquaintance, uh, obviously, if, if this wasn't true, I would use it as an opportunity just to throw you under the bus and give you a hard time. Oh, I know but, you would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, we've uh, we've seen that as well. I'll echo what you said. You know, you said you, you feel like you guys have done better than average, and, and I agree with that. Uh, I've seen, there. yes, there have been some Chave products we haven't been able to get a hold of when, when we needed them, but uh, by and large, across the board, uh we've had the least issues, you know, uh, with that. One of the things, and, and I'm glad you kind of dove into some of what you did. One of the things we're just, we're trying to, to help our customers with is we, we, we hate saying we can't, right. You know, we yeah. hate, we hate going, no, sorry, we can't help you. Um, probably I'm sure some, some psychologists would connect this to my ego in some way, but I, I love it when we get to be the company that, that can, you know, pull off the impossible or, 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 you know, when, when everybody else says it can't be done in a time frame, I like going, okay, watch this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah they're, and that's, I'm sure that's definitely connected to, to my narcissism in some way, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's not like I named the company after myself. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, no, there's a, there's a whole nother discussion there. Right. Uh, tried not, tried not to, but my employees brought it back. Anyway, point being, um, yeah, we've just tried to, you know, we've tried to start communicating, especially with a lot of our normal customers that are, are used to uh, us being able to do things at the last minute of, we can't right now. We just can't. The stuff can't get here. You know, I saw uh, a thing, I can't remember if it was, it was on a news site or, or social media this morning, but Adele is having to postpone opening her uh, Vegas residency because they can't get product they need in time. Um, like half the wow. crew is out with COVID, COVID, which is another part of it. Yeah. But that's something just I think people across the board are going to have to understand, like, what we could do in a time frame two years ago. We can't do in that time frame right now. I'm excited to get back to it. And I think we will. But it's just it's a different time. Yeah, for sure. And, I'm, you know, I mean, all of us in the production world, we know that we are always like the yes people, right? Can, can this happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. And a lot of times we kill ourselves to make it happen. I, and, and I think we've talked a lot about this and a lot of the things that we've done and different seminars and everything, but it's, it's managing expectations, right? I mean, yes, but like we want to do it. Yes, we can make that happen, but let's manage the expectations just a little bit. I think that's really kind of where we're at in a posture um, from a supply perspective of yes, DC, we can get you wash lights. Now, this is what yeah. needs to happen to get it in that time frame, and if you, these things can't happen, then maybe we need to look at a little slightly different model, one direction or the other. Are you willing to to do that? Right? It's just that managing the expectations. We can make it happen, but these are the situations that we're under, circumstances we're under right now. Yeah. And and it's it's communication, right? So. Yep. Yep. And I don't I don't know about you guys, but for the most part, I know our customers have understood that. You know, it's I'm not. I was about to say. It, I'm thankful, but I'm not thankful for this at all. It's just, it's, it's helped us out a little bit. It's, it's helped that end users see the supply chain issues in their own lives. Right. You know, yeah. whether it's at the grocery store or whatever, then it's like when we have to tell them, yeah, we can't get that for you in time because we just can't get it here. They're like, oh yeah, that's right. I guess that's also why there was no eggs in the cooler at the grocery <laughs> store this morning. Well, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Yeah. I yeah. had a dose of my own medicine. I was on the other end of it. Um, recently, I, I was trying to find some, some swag, some, some ball caps, right. For mm-hmm. some things coming up. And, and I knew the hat that I wanted and I reached out to a supplier and said, this is what I want. This is the design. And they're like, can't even give you a price on that. And I'm like, why not? And they're like, don't have it in stock. I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, when can you have it in stock? They're like, I can't even give you a price. I don't know when it'll be in stock. I'm like, all right. I found myself getting a little 
irritated, right? And so I'm like, yeah. okay, well, what do you have that's similar? And they, you know, I had to go through like five different styles, and every style I picked, it was like, can't get that, can't get that. Mm-hmm. And I found myself kind of like going, okay, you know what? I need to give these people some grace because I was starting to get a little aggravated. I'm like, this is the same grace that I'm asking for on a daily basis, yep. right? <laughs> so just yep. a ball cap, you know, I just need 50 ball caps. That's it. Um, yeah. And uh, so anyway. I'll leave them nameless, but we actually have another manufacturer who had to tell us the same thing. We asked for a quote on a product, uh, product, and they said, "Ah, we can't quote you on that because we're not sure when it's available." And we're like, well, "We get that, you know. We just need a quote so we can price it out." They went, "No, you don't understand. We won't quote you on it because we don't know when we're going to be able to buy the parts and what we're going to pay for the parts to build it. So we're just not quoting on those things. And we're not talking about some obscure thing. I can't say what it is because yeah. it would, yeah, yeah, it would likely give away this company very easily. But weird times. Well." Shifting gears, because I'm sure people don't want, don't want to hear 30 minutes of supply chain issues. Sure, if they right. did, they can just t- tune into Fox News tonight. Man, <laughs> um, you uh, kind of bringing it back on Chave a little bit. You you mentioned there's actually a couple product things I want to talk about with you guys, because it's stuff I'm interested in hearing more about. Uh, but you touched on one a minute ago, the, the Strike M. Uh, you know, I know that's a new thing for you guys, new product you're putting out. Uh, I'm excited about it. I should have ordered some already, and I didn't. Um, so I know I've missed that window. I'm now like 4,000 behind the yeah, people, yeah. uh, yeah. 4,500, whatever it is. Um, but man is, I don't know, uh, you guys, you want to talk about that at all? Kind of, cause that seems like that's one of the new really big things for you guys. And, and I, I'm, I'm leaning into it cause it's, it's a fixture type that I really enjoy deploying and worship lighting. Sure. And I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on some. So I think in our, you know, I'm going to try and say this as nicely as possible. Uh, there are a lot of Chave products that I don't think fit well into uh, the worship community. Sure. You know, I yeah. would say that I'd say that if Albert Chavez was on this call and he'd agree with me, yeah. you know, that's not telling you anything you don't know. This is one that I, I specifically think will work really well. Uh, and for anybody that doesn't know, you want to talk about what it is a little bit for a minute? The- yeah. So we're talking about the uh, color strike M. I mean, it's basically a, what I call kind of a, a, a Swiss army knife strobe fixture, if you will, because it's not just yeah. a strobe fixture. Um, it does so much. I hate much calling more. it a strobe. I know, I know. I mean, you, you almost, you have to though, because that's yeah. kind of the foundation it was built around, right? But but it's, it will strobe, but it's not a strobe. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, is, it is a strobe, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it, so. exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's. All the above. It's a strobe. It's eye candy. It's pixel mapping. Uh, you know, it it pans. It's got a lot of functionality to it. It's extremely bright, um, even yeah. even on the color side, and and just the way we did the different segments on the top and the bottom row of colors, really just allows for a lot of flexibility in the worship environment for sure. Um, the other side of it is, I mean, you know, there's some similar type products that are out there on the marketplace, you know, but I mean, we just really, I, you know, on the Chauvet side of things, you know what our heart is around the price point. I mean, we do mm-hmm. everything we can without compromising the integrity of the product, um, you know, to make sure that we're hitting a price point that customers are comfortable with. And I think that's, you know, outside of it being a great light and competing very well in that space kind of for that purpose. Um, mm-hmm. you know, price point is just, is no comparison. And so I think that makes it achievable for a lot more, um, you know, ministries of different sizes, if you will, to consider it. Um, yeah. And I think that's the key is you, and you, you said there are some, some other fixtures out there like it right now, but from a price point, they're pretty much out of the range of right. the majority of people in, in, in our market to be able to use, you know, to, to, you know, I'll talk about it a bit just from, from kind of a viewpoint as a, as a, you know, someone who's done a lot of design for worship lighting. What I love about it is you mentioned the intensity. Um, I I love it's 
it's intensity over a wide spread though. I'm very much, I like the approach of worship design um, where you're, you're just painting the air. Right. And yeah. you're flooding a color yeah. everywhere. I'm not, I've never been one that's very big into, I want a bunch of individual beams and tight things and, you know, not going to mention brands, but there was a, you know, fixture years ago that was named after, uh, not named after, but had the same name as a, a popular permanent marker. Um, <laughs> gr- great fixture. Loved it to death. Used it on a lot of concert stuff, but it, it had that kind of pencil thin beam. And um, I didn't enjoy that very much from a worship environment. I, I like enveloping the people on stage in just walls of color and uh, doing it that way. Uh, this, this Strike M, uh, what I'm excited about it is it's going to do that with a very few amount of fixtures. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like you don't have to have 40 of them. You can put like six on the floor in the back, and suddenly your worship team is going to be just flooded in this wall of, of color. And then it does have that center strobe channel as well that you can start getting some of that little pixelated eye candy stuff in. Sure. Yep. Um, so anyway, I know I'm excited about that one. Something else you guys are doing that uh, I thought might be interesting to touch on, um, because this is kind of a new thing for you guys. Chauvet is starting to dip into the lighting for video world. Um, yep. This is another one I'm excited about because there's, you know, some of the more traditional fixtures out there from a price point are just uh, not attainable on a lot of church budgets. Um, what all do you get? You guys, I think you've launched a couple of fixtures now in this line, and then you also acquired another company. Yeah, that kind of focus on this. Yeah, so pretty interesting. You know, we we started development of the new on air panel series, um, which there's three. Um, basically, there's a big, medium, and small, which, by the way, the, the small we call the on-air men. Um, in the church world, I highly recommend just checking it out. Um, there's going to be yeah. a need for it, especially if you have a studio application, really low ceiling, you know, maybe a, uh, you know the, your uh, online campus uh, 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 MC or pastor is doing something in the lobby, and you've got an eight- to nine-foot ceiling. Anyway, really a, a great product line, but we were developing that product line. Um, and I don't know all the backstory, but uh, we ended up uh, acquiring Kinaflow, um, which is world renowned in the cinema and broadcast yep. world for you know what they did in, with fluorescence in the day, and then they've transitioned their technology into LED, and and so you know it's really they're at the top of their game from a premier product perspective, and we're super excited to have them come into the Chauvet family. Um, and, and so, you know, there's a really good marriage there. We're going to allow that brand to kind of still be who they are. Um, but the sharing of, of ideas and intellectual property, and we're going to continue to grow the on-air product. So they're not really going to compete, but they're going to have a mm-hmm. lot of good um, synergy, if you will, between, you know, the Kina Flow uh, panel product and, and the on-air panels that Chauvet is putting out. So um, I, I want to say that I probably, my gut says that through our development of the on-air, we probably developed developed a relationship with Kinoflow, but again, I don't, I don't know the whole backstory on that sure, one. Sure. Um, I'm not in those meetings, but, uh, yeah, so we, we, uh, and, and, and the three products that we're putting out, I, you know, I can't talk forward, but it's the first three. So, uh, it will be a complete family. Um, and they're all mm. IP rated. So, you know, you can use them in the studio and inside, but if you need to do something remote for Easter morning and it might rain, you can still put them out there and not worry about, you know, uh, the elements necessarily. So not that you would still have service outside if it's raining on Easter morning, but you know, at least the gear won't be damaged. So, yeah, what I'm, I'm excited about with that one, um, I touched on a little bit, but you know, when I, I started working heavily with churches, you know, went and worked at church full time Mm -hmm. for a while, starting in 2007. Uh, I think you and I met shortly after that. Prior to that, part of that, I strictly did, you know, concert touring, things of that nature. And so 
2007, despite the way it may feel to any younger people listening, wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're talking, what, 13 years-ish? Yeah, yeah, maybe? Yeah. Actual, gosh, I guess it's like 14 years now. <laughs> God, it is, it is a while ago. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm ruining my point here. But uh, point being, point I was trying to make was, at that time, um, there were really only your biggest of your big churches were doing much with the video. Right. You know, it seems like around the kind of late, late, 2000s into the 2010s, the beginning of it, um, you started seeing a little bit of streaming happening. Um, I'm trying to remember what systems we were using then, because Facebook wasn't streaming yet. I think maybe we were just putting stuff out to YouTube and Vimeo. And I know at Church on the Move, we weren't even technically streaming; we were recording and then posting and then post, later. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I think that's around the time that Life Church probably started developing some of their technology technology that they've given to churches to use. Um, but lighting for video still wasn't an incredibly important thing right for for all all churches show me a church now that doesn't do video oh come in on some way yeah, yeah. right I, I mean i even remember when like online host online online pastors started becoming popular that only seems like that was like five years ago or so right now it seems like just about everyone's doing it and um you know i love it especially the past two years i mean imagine what uh the church world what the the what the just Christianity in the United States, you know, would have been like the past two years if we didn't have streaming. Right. Um, you know, and it, granted, I think most churches have probably opened back up at this point, but there was a good solid year there where, where most were still shut down. But, you know, I know what we experienced as a company was a lot of churches suddenly going, um, okay, well, before the pandemic, we had 50 people watching online and a thousand people in the room. And now the pandemic started and we locked down, that's swapped. And we, since the majority of our congregation is watching through a video screen, we suddenly realize we need a lot of help because it looks bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're, yeah, and, and so 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 focus shifted. I don't think we're going to see a pullback from that. So seeing more products like this, I mean, you can buy. I don't want to be delicate about the way I say this here. Um, you can buy direct from China type TV lighting. That in some cases it works okay, in some cases it doesn't. My my comment on that with anything is. What do you what do you do when it doesn't work okay? Where's the follow up? Right. Where's the after sale yep. support? No, no, that's no, I'll say this again. I'm not, guys. I promise you. Uh, if, if anybody out there listening that knows me, you know I'm not um, I'm not a type to just inject fluff for the sake of fluff. I don't I don't say nice things just to say them. If I say it, it's because I mean it. Um, one of the things that's been great for me is the uh, after sale support from Shabe. You know, specifically because of being able to have a relationship with people like you, people like, you know, our rep, Eric Mueller, and, and a lot of the guys. And, um, you know, they that's where I'm excited is we're finally going to get some uh, TV lighting fixtures that have U.S.-based support but are still at the price point that a lot of churches should be able to afford. Sure, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, even if we want to look at, like uh, – the Ovation product range. I mean, it's not what you would consider to be your studio line necessarily. However, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, with LED based and cameras, you've got to worry about flicker and, and all of those mm -hmm. things, right? And so Chauvet for years has really been sensitive to that and really, um, you know, developing products that have the pulse width modulation in it. So that way, you know, if there are flickering issues, you can dial that in with your cameras, depending on your frame rates, all that kind of stuff. I'm not mm -hmm. a video guy, but I know enough about it to know that, you know, those things are important, right? So to you have sound those, better than I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to have those things, you know, already integrated into those products, I would say in some ways meeting the need of that day, but kind of looking forward just a little bit. Um, you know, I guess my point that I want to make is, is that 
it's not just like we're just getting into broadcast lighting, um, sure, but that's a good we, point. we just kind of have that studio broadcast application that we haven't had before, whereas it's been more live stage application. Um, and, and if you don't mind, I, I do want to mention that, you know, you, you talked about two years ago, a lot of churches weren't online and just they've been forced to. I mean, I've got a great story of a pastor friend of mine who called me like yeah. day two and, and he's like, dude, we have no cameras. We've got nothing. I've got to figure out how to communicate with, you know, my 250 members this weekend. What do I do? And so we just kind of, you know, spitballed an idea and literally first weekend he did you know, two iPhones and an iPad and recorded it and edited it down and put it out. And of course they developed over their process, you know, they, they refined that. But then when they went back to live in person, um, the conversation was, Hey, how do we do this now? Not in a studio setting. Cause they were doing it kind of in their lobby and had set up the little studio portable studio thing. But like, how do we do it where we can show the worship, what we're doing live in the space. And so we just talked through the whole process of, you know, lighting and the video. And on top of that, which was the biggest issue is like, you need staff. What's your volunteer staff look like? You know, what's your on, on staff people, what's their capabilities and, and those types of things. And I say all that to say that before the situation happened, they had no desire, no vision to go online. They were a small mm -hmm. Taney County church, you know, focused on the local community. And obviously they needed to be able to reach them during that time period um, because they couldn't meet in person. But I, I asked my pastor friend, one of the first things was, okay, you're wanting to make this sizable investment into your space to be able to live stream, if you will, now your service. Like before, what, you know, he, he basically told me, he said, look, he said, we realized that in the six months or whatever it was that we were only live streaming. He's like, we had people sitting at the table that had an appetite for what we had to provide that you know, in Illinois, in mm -hmm. Indiana, in Florida, like we had people viewing from all over and we received letters and, and so on and so forth. So basically what it did for them is it showed them almost a new mission field that they hadn't even realized. And uh, yeah. so they're still in that process. They haven't figured it out completely on what they're going to do. They're still kind of doing the pre-record type thing and push live um, because it was going to be quite a an investment, uh, not just on finances, but, you know, on staffing and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think that's a testament to where ev everyone's kind of been. And so you're exactly yep. right. I mean, you know, even the smaller churches are looking at, we, we need to do something. And so how do we make that something, that live stream look better, feel better? Because at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do is it's, it's all about something that's engaging and is, is pleasing to look at and not distracting, right? No different than if we're in the auditorium. Um, mm -hmm. It's just instead of having a big room to look at, we're kind of looking at this little square on a screen. And so we just got to make that one little area look really, really good and really engaging. So anyway, sorry, exactly. I'll get off my soapbox there. No, no, no. That's wonderful. And it actually, uh, that's great because it reminded me of something else you've talked about before that I think uh, a lot of people listening uh, could benefit from. Um, you know, and, and here's the way, I'll kind of take this back a little bit. This is the way... Uh, this conversation initially started with you and I when you, you first kind of explained your approach to something to me. Most of what I've been able to be a part of are the bigger church events. Mm -hmm. You know, not every church can afford, has the budget, has the need to bring in a professional lighting designer. Sometimes it's just, hey, we got some volunteers, we're going to figure things out ourselves, or, you know, we, we, you know, they get information from somebody like you, from an integration company. So a lot of my experience with um, lighting for worship was around the bigger projects, the bigger, bigger events, the Church on the Moves, the Bethels, right. the Elevations, the Transformations, yep. all those. 
Um, you shared with me one time your approach to um, to lighting in a church where budget is very restrictive, uh, or maybe you don't quite have enough. It's kind of how you you tier priorities. And I'll say as as our company has grown and we do more of a variety of projects, you know, we do everything now from, you know, $600 projects to $6 million projects. Right. So we kind of get to cover all ends of the spectrum. Um, so I, I've gotten to experience more of this myself and something that every time I do one of the smaller projects, I, I go back to this, this thing you kind of talked about how you approach allocating funds. Um, I think I've given you enough information to, to know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about yeah, now. Yeah. You, 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 do you mind kind of sharing that approach? So I think especially if you're a church, you know, if you're listening to this and you're the worship leader of the church and you don't have any production people, um, if you're the pastor at the church and maybe you just have some volunteers, you know, or if maybe you're, you're you know, part-time production director at your church or you're just you're a production director, you're just a volunteer. This approach, I think, could really help you when you decide how to... Um, you know, how to approach a, a new lighting system. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've, I've given the presentation a lot. Um, what I, I haven't done is, is described this on a podcast. So hopefully this makes sense. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no visuals. Yeah, That's probably, yeah, I should yeah. say that. Yeah. You need some visuals to understand this really well. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I'll, I'll start with early in my career, what I, noticed a lot was churches coming and, you know, I've, I've always had a connection to some sort of an automated lighting manufacturer, at least for the last 20 years. And so, you know, a church would walk into the booth at a trade show or, you know, Hey, we're looking at doing an upgrade. And it was always like, Hey, how many moving lights can I get for this amount? Okay. And I kept noticing that over and over. And, and the conversation, yeah. I always took it back is like, let's step back a little bit. Tell me about your space. What are we trying to accomplish? You know, because we all get excited about the cool things, the shiny chrome pieces on the, you know, the new rims for the truck or whatever. But it's like, no, we really need to understand, like, what's the condition of the motor? What's the transmission? Are the axles good? Are the shocks good? You know what I mean? Is the frame in good condition? Is there rust on it? And, and so I found myself a lot having to have conversations with people to say, let's back up a little bit. Um, because in most cases, they don't have unlimited budget. You know, it's like we've got $10,000 the, the board, the committee, whatever pastor <laughs> has, has given me to, to spend and we want to buy these the elders. The, the elders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we, we want to make an investment in lighting that's cool. And the reality is, is that I think a lot of times we have to understand what is the purpose of why we are meeting in this space. And it's, it's about communicating the message, whether it's mm-hmm. through lyrics, whether it's through, uh, you know, through verbal uh, speaking, pastor speaking, scripture reading, whatever. And, and in most cases, I find that like the fundamentals of the lighting isn't even at the highest level it can be for that space. And they're wanting to make an investment in these cool flashing lights that aren't going to improve in my opinion, the 90% of what we're there for, right? So right. What, what you're talking about is, is kind of my approach of, you know, we talk about lighting zones throughout the stage. And typically that's, you know, uh, a downstage, a midstage, an upstage, or maybe it's a left to right stage type zoning or whatever, a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and I just kind of took that concept and, and took it into kind of three zones to talk about how to apply budget to the lighting design. Um, and, and so essentially, you know, I call the mission critical zone, which is downstage center. I mean, it could be different on your stage, depending on, you know, if you're a little bit more traditional and you have pulpits on the left and right of stage. Okay. Well, those are your mission critical spaces, right? Wherever the message is communicated from the majority of the time, in most cases today, it's, it's downstage center. And so what I try to 
to tell people is that, you know, if you have $10,000 to spend, don't spend money on anything until that area is right. And let me pause you for a minute yep. to make sure everybody understands reason. The reason why you're saying that that area is the most important is that is where your pastor is going to stand. Correct. That is where your lead worship leader is likely going to stand. Yes. That is where the majority of the focus is going to be. That doesn't mean that other areas aren't important, but you know, the way I, way I've said it when I've kind of shared the same thing is, um, you know, I really want my guitarist to look great, but if people can't see the pastor well on camera and, and, and hear his emotion as he's, see his emotion as he's teaching the message, yeah. then it really doesn't matter what we've lost already. It doesn't matter what the guitarist looks yeah. like. It doesn't matter what the choir looks like. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and I mean, that's what we have to understand is that what we're trying to do is, you know, let's just use pastor as an example. Pastor's on stage, but what we're trying to create as much as we can, okay, is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between pastor or whoever's speaking and the individual in any and every seat within the auditorium, right? Or behind so, every screen. Or right, exactly. The end of every end of every uh, stream. Right, which is why we iMag, which is why we stream, right? The, so that those right. people have that closer connection and they can see the emotion that's behind what's being expressed. And mm -hmm. the key lighting typically is, you know, in that area is where I say, let's make sure that's right first. You may have it right, or you may have the tools to make it right, but let's not spend any money anywhere else until we know that that is, is solid. It's exactly what mm -hmm. we need to be able to have that visual communication effectively for the live audience, for the IMAG audience, or for the, you know, online broadcast audience. Um, and then, you know, zone two, uh, these are budgeting zones, by the way, let me be clear on that. So that's kind of budget yeah. uh, area we look at first. And if that's okay, okay, then we go to zone two, which is kind of what I would consider your primary communication areas, which are typically like left and right flanking of that downstage center. It's where the worship team will be. It's where, um, you know, maybe there would be a, a child uh, dedication or something just off center, you know. So there, there's still areas of major focus. Um, but we want to make sure that there's adequate lighting in those spaces. Um, and it, what I find a lot of times is that on the far left and far right of the stage, they don't have anything, but then they have worship team that flanks the entire stage end to end. Mm -hmm. And so you get these dark areas. So anyway, that, that's what I see a lot. Um, but you know, if, if we have adequate lighting in there, let's say we don't have adequate lighting in there. Okay. Maybe we need to spend a thousand or $2,000 of that 10,000 we have there now we know what we have left over to do budget zone three, which typically for me is just kind of all of the, 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 the fluff, the air, the beams, the, you know, creating the depth in the stage, the things that we really think of probably more when we think of creative lighting design. Architectural lighting. Yeah. You know, effect, moving lights for effect. Exactly. All that sort of thing. Exactly. Audience lighting. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and most of the time, that's what people come and they want. You know, when they call you, they're like, mm -hmm. hey, this, you know, we want to make the stage look like name the church, that's the right? Fun stuff. Tran Transformation that's the fun stuff. or Life Church or Church on the Move or, you know, name the church. We want it to look like that. Okay. That's great. But, and if you have a half a million or a million dollar budget, we can probably give you all of that. But um, in most cases, you know, we are working with limited funds. And uh, ultimately, what my goal is, and I know your heart beats the same way, is like, I, I want to give you what I know that you're looking for, not what you're telling me that you want, because a lot of times what you're telling me what you want, the the moving lights, you know, how many moving lights can I get for 10 grand? That's probably not going to get you really where you want to go long term yeah. anyway. It may give you that cool thing where people go, oh, wow, look at that. We added some new lights, but they still can't yeah. see pastor's emotion and connect with them 
you know, effectively. And so, and like you said, all that stuff is wonderful. And I love it when we get to that stuff, but no, you're, you're, you're dead on there. The, I love it when we get to do all that stuff after we have our fundamentals, right? Yep. After we've taken care of the most important first after we, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can say it any better than you did. So, well, hey, we're, we're kind of getting low on time here and there's one more topic I want to make sure we, we had a chance to get into okay. uh, before, we, before we wrapped up. Um, and I'll kind of preface it with this. You know, one of the things I love, uh, you know, I mentioned a little while ago, I, I really started working in the church community in 2007 after uh, spending about a decade uh, touring with concerts. And one of the things I almost immediately noticed was the difference in community in, in our market. For sure. You know, um, you know and uh, I've only seen that grow in my time uh, working in the worship community. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a part of MXU, uh, but I also still, you know, help my good friend, Todd sometimes with Philo right. help produce events for them. Uh, you know, occasionally I get to go speak at Salt Conference and, and do things of that nature. So that's what I love is is also the our our community. You know, it's not like you have to pick a tribe and stick with it. Right. We, yeah. we we all understand we're 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 pushing towards the same goal, and that's one of the things I love is how we get to we get to you know there might be things that in some other market might be seen as competition. And in this market, we we get to approach it as teammates. Right, absolutely. Um, so I, I stress this this way because um, I, I want you to talk about something you're doing that is it's not it's not like MXU. You guys don't necessarily have a training part to it or anything of that nature. But it, it is an organization, it is a community focused on worship techs. And so I wanted to kind of preface that by saying this is something I support. This is something I occasionally get to be a part of. You know, not, not DC Pro, but Daniel Cannell individually. I get to right. get to occasionally jump in with you guys and be a part of it. And and I've loved watching uh, what you're doing there. So do you want to talk about thought leaders? Yeah. For a minute. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I would. I'll start by saying that it's probably 16, 17 years ago. You know, the church was, I, I, one thing I noticed is that there was the desire for community, but guys guys and gals didn't really connect with each other. Like, they kind of stayed within their four walls, you know? Production people are antisocial. I know, I know. But but there's a desire. They want to, they want yes. to connect with other people. They just kind of want to do it on their terms, if you will. And so, in, in that regards, there's not a lot of opportunities. And so, I'd say it was about 17 years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get... 12 guys that I know from different churches, and we kind of used it uh, in my previous life more as an advisory type board, but, you know, grab grab some people, bring them together, but, you know, with the focus of them connecting and sharing ideas, and, you know, we did that for a few years, and we, we had to stop it, and, and then when I came to Chauvet, you know, one thing Albert and I was talking about is kind of, what have you done in 17 years prior to coming here, you know, what are the things we could do to really serve the worship community, and so I kind of brought this up, and Albert was like, you know what, I don't care if you do anything else, but like, this is this is the one thing that I can totally lean into, and so, you know, I prayed about it, and was just like, you know, okay, I want to do what we started, but I want to do it more relevant to today and a little bit different. What are the things we can tweak and change? And so, um, I won't give you all the details, uh, cause again, for the time's sake, but essentially what, what I did was I created a small little board of directors and we decided, you know, every, every, uh, year we're going to do an annual retreat and just bring, you know, different, uh, eight to 10, you know, fellas are together just for a two or three day retreat, just round tabling, sharing of ideas, talking about design, building community, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we did that for a couple of years and, and, um, you know, we, we, we prefaced it and I think you were maybe at one of the first ones that we did. And, and, you know, it's like, we're not trying to create a community. We're not trying to create a tribe, you know, all that kind of th- stuff. We're not members only club, you know, we're just trying to start a conversation. And that's kind of, yeah. I remember saying that, like, we're just trying to start a conversation 
conversation amongst different churches. And of course, there's a little bit of a tie-in with the Chauvet professional brand as well, you know, being able to make sure we have a pulse of the, the market and the industry and the needs and that kind of stuff. And uh, Well, that I'll, I'll, I'll say it directly because I'm not sure if you necessarily can in your position. I mean, of course, there's a tie-in to Chauvet brand because Chauvet is the one paying for it. Sure. And I, I don't think you'd say this. So I'm going to on your behalf. You know, one of the things I enjoy about this is, like, the people get get to be involved in this, it doesn't cost them a penny. No. You know, yeah. you guys sponsor building this community amongst people. Um, and so, yeah, of course, there has to be some sort of branding connection on behalf of Chave because it's a company that, you know, you guys never lead with that. You never push that from the beginning. But I just want to stress that from my side as someone who was able to attend one yeah. years ago of it. it You know, it, yes, of course, it makes very much sense of if Chave is going to lay out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to help you know, create this opportunity for these people. Yeah. We, we probably need to sit down and learn a little bit about your product. too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Of course. Yeah. Not not that, not that that's what it's for, but I've, it's, it's, if if anything, I think you guys may ought to do more of that, but uh, yeah, I think that's a natural expectation of there has to be, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a balance something, of something. not com- over commercializing it. There's got to be a little Absolutely. bit of, of branding, if you will. But uh, yeah. so so anyway, you know, we, we did that for uh, three years and we kind of went through the, the pandemic. We were in the middle of that and we were just having a, a leadership team uh, meeting. And it was just like, man, how can we continue this conversation beyond just an annual retreat? And, um, you know, I think maybe it was Andy Bentley on the call was like, uh, you know, man, maybe we should think about doing, uh, you know, some type of mentorship program. Because one thing that I, I didn't mention is that, you know, we were not targeted on like the size of church or the size of ministry that we were inviting. But there was from day one, part of my heartbeat was like, let's get someone that's uh, that's kind of mature in their position within the production world in the church. And let's get someone that's kind of newer so we can kind of get that older generation connecting with the younger generation. And that was kind of one thing that I asked the guys on the leadership team when you're looking at inviting people in, like try to pick someone that's been doing it for a while, that's kind of seasoned and pick somebody that's kind of, you know, younger and new. I, we don't really care what size church they come from. That That's not even the concern. But just so that we could kind of have that mushing together, is that the right word? The, the meshing together? Um, <laughs> I'll of, take it. Yeah, of the younger generation the older generation, because I think you know the older generation can teach the younger generation something, um, wisdom, we always say, right? And then the, the younger generation can teach the older guys how to be relevant and, you know, some cool ideas. Absolutely. So anyway, so the whole mentoring ship type thing came up and, you know, it's like we're on a Zoom call. I mean, everybody's doing Zoom calls these days. I'm like, okay, you know, so long story short, we came up with uh, what we call Thought Leader Connect. Um, and uh, we really didn't set out to create like a private social media platform. Um, but we did need something where, you know, each one of the leaders would, and we would, you know, grow as, as we needed to different additional leaders. But basically, you know, we do a six month type thing. We looked at it and kind of just said, you know, what's the right rhythm of, of connecting with folks? What can work within our crazy schedules? What can people commit to? And, and I mean, a zoom call, you know, we've had people walking with their kids in a park on, you know, a mentorship circle discussion okay. group. And, and so you can do it just about anywhere if you're traveling or whatever. Um, and so we just came up with the idea of we're going to do kind of six month seasons and we're going to have, you know, multiple groups people can sign up for our, our senior leaders and regional leaders will, will lead the discussion on specific topics. So everyone this month is talking on the same topic, but it's kind of coming from the perspective of maybe a different leader. But as you mentioned, it's not like um, the leader is coming saying, here's the knowledge I'm going to impart on you. So it's not a curriculum based. It's a, we're going to talk about uh, how to become a better leader. 
Okay. And here's some things that I've experienced and it's really just facilitating conversation. The reason we call them mentor circles is that's the idea is everyone's investing in everyone, right? So it's not mm -hmm. just the leader that's bringing some, some bits and pieces of the conversation, but it's everyone else that can also speak into that. And I would say that probably I get to sit in on, on most all of the calls. And I do that just as a support backup for the leader in case they can't make the call or they're going to be late or something like that. Um, and I can tell you that I sit in on all of these calls and I've never set in on the same call, you know, just because the groups are different, mm -hmm. right? So they have different experiences. And so ultimately what I see this as, is I see this as a, a really easy way for people to be able to connect on a regular basis, really kind of creating a rhythm that maybe hasn't existed um, up to this point within communication between worship texts across the nation. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we have men and women, uh, we don't have any women leaders yet, so if anyone's listening that has a heart that's a woman in, in worship production that says, I would love to lead, um, would love to chat with you about that. But uh, we have six different groups right now, and uh, we just started our, our second season, uh, just kicked off, but you can jump in at any point. Um, but you can, uh, I'll do a little little shameless promotion here, but you could just go to TL, like thought leader, tl dash, and then the word connect.com. Um, that's kind of our landing page. It just gives an overview of of what we're doing, how we do it, and you know, from there, if you're interested, you can go ahead and jump in. But um, I really like it because it's it's uh, you know we have I have been able to develop relationships myself with people that some I I knew and I would see every couple years um, at a trade show or something like that, but never really got into their world. Um, and now I'm I know a lot more about them. They know a lot more about me. Um, and I will tell you that. You know, we, we, we focus our topics more around leadership type things because we're technicians. We're going to talk techie stuff anyway, and we have the whole social platform. Again, that's a byproduct. That wasn't our main focus, but that's just kind of a good byproduct of the platform that we need to, to leverage these monthly discussion groups. But um, we're going to talk tech anyway, so we focus the time on things that we we don't really talk about, but we know that we need, which is, you know, how can we become better leaders for our teams? How can we become better servants for our leaders? How can we serve other teams better within our churches? Uh, how do we grow and maintain a healthy team? Uh, you mm -hmm. know, those types of things. So, but yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. And, you know, it's, it's an area that I never thought that I would go. It's like, you know, like everyone else. The last two years, I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I just had to really lean into, like, what are the opportunities? And God, you just need to show me what the path forward is. And um, yeah, Thought Leader Connect has been pretty cool. We're still going to do the annual retreats, and we may grow some things. But you know, the one thing that uh, you know, we've even talked with, uh, with Philo and MXU, because we too partner with them, obviously, and we love mm -hmm. them. And there's not a competition there. It's like we really wanted to make sure like what we were offering is just one more thing on the menu that someone could could jump into. It's not an and or um, type yep. scenario uh, because uh, all of them are different enough. And, uh, you know, we support a lot of different groups uh, like Philo and like MXU. And and uh, oddly enough, they support us, you know, and, and yep. so that's uh, it's a great thing. Uh, that's what I love about the community. It's, it's unlike any other kind of vertical market, if you will, or community of folks within our industry. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Like you just said there, it's, it's, it is kind of a different thing. You know, um, I'm not able to be a part of it anymore like I once was, but uh, when I still could, the, what I saw in it and what I loved was um, it, it gave an opportunity for, I think, a lot of production people that stepped into it to see that they're not alone. Right. That they're not the only ones dealing with those issues. Yeah. That uh, it's in a lot of the, the problems they have, whether it's 
you know, communicating with leadership, leading volunteer teams, uh, budget issues, whatever, that it's not only that they're not alone, but just about every other church out there of every other size yeah. is experiencing the similar issues, maybe just on a different scale. And, you know, I, um, you know, I, so I just want to, I want to say, you, I think you touched on this, but I, I feel like it, it needs to be echoed. This isn't something that requires an invite anymore. This is not something where it's, it's exclusive no. or anything like that. You know, do me a favor, say that website again, just for anybody that missed it, that wants to come, maybe check this out and be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's TL, like thought leader, tl-connect.com. Pretty easy. Love it. Yep. Love it. Well, dude, we're kind of at the end of the time here. I know you got uh, more stuff to go do, and, and I do as well. I think the side comment that I really do, we really should land this, but uh, I grew up working for uh, a guy named David Milley. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you ever oh, met yeah. David. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. He was the owner of Theatrical Lighting Systems in, in Huntsville, Alabama. Love that guy to death. So thankful for him. He hired me at uh, 15, which I don't even know if was legal at the time. It was close to the end of 15, <laughs> to sweep, sweep floors and empty trash cans uh, there at his company. And I uh, got to work there for about five years and just learned a ton. But that was the way he always described himself. Uh, so as as DC Pro has grown and I've switched from focusing so much on designing projects myself to, to leading a company uh, in, in honor of, of David Milley, I just always call myself a light bulb salesman. Oh, that's awesome. Not, I don't think we ever sold a light bulb, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's just, just a thing. But, dude, I, I can't say thanks enough for your time. Uh, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people listening got a lot out of that. Um, if we kind of mentioned in the beginning, uh, when I was I was talking about you, um, your passion for just churches as a whole. And one of the things I've loved to watch you do and kind of your personal mission is it doesn't matter the size. Right. So often some of us, even us at DC Pro, there's sometimes people will come to us for, for, for stuff. And we always like to say, you know, information is free. You know, I will share ideas with you. I will share whatever. But I've seen, I've seen you have even more capacity to, you know, where churches that are small and don't have a great outlet for where to find information, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll plug MXU in this because that's a big focus of MXU sure. is yeah. we focus on providing training for, um, for smaller churches that just don't have access to maybe professional staff and things of that nature. But if some of those churches can also benefit from conversations with you about, you know, how, how to allocate lighting budgets, how to deal with things of that nature, some of what Chave offers that may serve the very entry-level m- market, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, so I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to give you my email address. So uh, that's a little dangerous, but uh, I'm okay Do with it. that. So it's just my first initial D, my last name Sutton. So it's D Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N, uh, at ChauvetLighting.com. So yeah, just reach out to me via email. Uh, and I, you know, I love to, my, my goal is to serve the capital C. It doesn't matter if it's a big capital C or a smaller capital C, if it's the capital C, if it's the church, we're going to, we're going to see what we can do to help. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, would love to help and, and uh, reach out. I think you said that almost word for word, the uh, first time I ever met you in my office at Church of the Move. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I've watched you live it out the past however many, 13 or 14 years. Um, well, dude, thanks again. Loved it. And, uh, My pleasure. 